At a time when so many of us probably read about the Smart Travel Enrollment Program, just to keep us abreast of of what is going on for safe travel uh, in the country, in the world in particular, but um, we're, we're looking at planning for holiday travel. And I'm joined by tech and travel writer, the bald nomad, also known as Jeffrey Morrison. He is a uh, traveler, probably spends, what, uh, what do you think, half the year, uh, Jeffrey, traveling about this country and other places? Is that a, a safe assessment? And then you obviously take time to write about it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Most most years, it's uh, few, you know up to about half the year I try to be somewhere else, yes. Did did you read about or hear about the um, uh, the the plans or the announcements from the State Department about we need to be more vigilant or ever vigilant uh, in our travel uh, with the events that are going on in the world? Did you happen to see that, or is that something that you just kind of gloss over? Uh, I mean, to be honest, yeah, I mean, a, a bit, o- only because uh, traveling anywhere, even within the United States, there's a certain amount of awareness that you should have of your surroundings and people. But I don't think most people really need to be super concerned about it. I mean, if you're traveling to fairly touristy places, um, it, it's a big world. And the likeliness of something happening where you're going is, you know, if you're going to London or something or, you know, the, the average touristy type places it's unlikely something's going to happen. The statistics of something bad happening like that is fairly low. Before the break, before you you came on the air with me, I was um, talking about the idea of people doing some planning for holiday travel, uh, and hopefully you have it planned out by now. Give me your thoughts on this. When should people have planned? uh, How far in advance should we be planning for our holiday travel, Jeffrey? Well, I mean, it certainly is going to depend. If you if you have a large family, uh, there's a significantly more planning that obviously you know that person's going to need. Uh, and like you said, I hope they kind of booked that stuff already. Um, for a smaller family, or for one or two, you know, for a couple, or, or even a single traveler, it's a lot easier. It's going to be a lot easier finding a space on the plane that they want, or kind of you know fitting in or, or wherever they can fly or take a train or drive or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I always try to, my two main pieces of advice for most people is like pack as light as possible. You know, don't plan on checking luggage, try to do everything with just a carry on, um, which is also cheaper. Um, and, you know, take your time with whatever it is. So like, if you're going to go, if you need to go to the airport, yeah, go at least two hours ahead of time. Like it's better to me anyway, it's better to sit at the airport than try to be rushed trying to get through security and potentially missing it, your plane. Well, well, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Morrison, my guest, he is also known as the bald nomad, um, senior editor at Soundstage Solo. I, as a seasoned traveler, um, 60 different countries uh, across six continents, I imagine your passport looks far different than mine. But as a seasoned <laughs> traveler, do, do you... Um, do you follow the, that same advice? Do you are, do you play it safe and get to the airport two hours ahead of a, a departure? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would much rather just chill at an airport for you know half an hour, forty five minutes. You know, to be you know early, and then there's boarding and so forth. Uh, I mean, there's times where I've done 
two hours ahead of time and still nearly miss my flight because there's a delay at security or there's an issue with something. Um, to me, traveling, you know, I try to minimize the stress involved with travel as much as possible. And I don't quite understand the mindset of people who try to get there as soon as their flight starts boarding. Uh, there's, there's just too many variables there that are out of your control that could cause an issue. So, yeah, at least, you know, two hours is a pretty safe bet. Well, did you he- read about or hear about United Airlines making the announcement for, the, for those uh, in the middle of the plane, in the back of the plane, if you have a window seat, they're going to allow you to board earlier or first in this particular case? Did you happen across that bit of information? I did, and it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where United's getting a lot of credit for doing something that was obvious to anyone who's flown in the last 30 years. Um, that's the way it should be. There's a logical way to board an aircraft, and no airline has even attempted it, because they want to sell you that, that early boarding ticket or so forth. United, and I fly United a lot, so I, I've noticed this, most people now have some way to get into that first boarding group after business class. So that line is super long, so there's no real advantage there. And so then it's just, okay, well, how do we board this aircraft quicker? And it's like, yeah, you want the people who are on the window seats to get in there and sit down so that it leaves room for everyone else to, you know, who are in the middle seats or the aisle, eventually the aisle seats. Uh, yeah, it's way, that's the way they all should go, and whether other airlines will follow suit, I don't know, but I hope so. Have you traveled, I'm guessing you probably traveled, besides, you know, 60 countries across six continents, Jeffrey, you probably have traveled, uh, you know, domestically a good deal. Have you traveled through mm-hmm. the Twin Cities International Airport? Um, Twin Cities? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, I believe so, but it was it was about 20 years ago. Um, oh. I was last time I was actually up in the Twin Cities uh, two years ago. I did a 10,000 mile road trip from L.A. to New Hampshire, uh, and I hit about 30 states along the way. And one of them was um, Minneapolis, and uh, it was lovely up there. I was there in the summer; it was gorgeous. Well, that's the time to be here if you're if you're coming. I think we detailed that with our first guest, as a matter of fact, uh, this afternoon here on WCCO. Do you have a favorite destination? Can you share that with us? Uh, it kind of depends. Um, I love Japan. There's a, it's a beautiful country with amazing food. Uh, if you're more into nature, New Zealand is amazing. I certainly have had a lot of fun in Australia. Um, there's lots of parts of Europe that I adore. Um, I want to do more. In, I've only done a little bit in Africa and South America, so those are certainly high on my list to go back to and, and explore more. But it's kind of I, it depends on once I, I tend to travel a lot in the spring and the summer. And once it gets to be close to there, I start like, well, what am I in, interested in this year? And maybe a plan will come from that. Well, now, as we look for holiday travel, because we all see, if you watch the news on television, we hear about the surge in holiday travel, people making their plans. Mm-hmm. That's where we began our conversation this afternoon, chatting with Jeffrey Morrison, the bald nomad. Uh, but, but when we were when we were first talking about this, we've heard, uh, I have heard, that there are some some cautions, some cautionary tales, not about safety, but just about uh, availability of travel 
uh, especially that more people than ever, I don't know where they're all coming from and why they're all going this year at the holidays, but that we're going to get more of a crush than ever. Do you see this over the years that it just continues to become more and more, or does it seem like it because airlines have been cutting back to the bare minimum to make sure no seat is left unsat in? Uh, yes, to both, to both parts of that. Um, I think there are more people who are traveling. Uh, I think the pandemic, certainly people got kind of stir crazy and wanted either was able to save some money to travel and now have traveled or perhaps just there's just more people traveling in general. And then on the other side of that, you're absolutely right that these airlines, especially in the U.S., uh, I mean, these are, you know, for, for-profit companies that are trying to get as much profit as possible, and they're going to do that by cramming as many people uh, onto a, you know an individual aircraft as possible. So yeah, it's it's very unlikely that on a domestic route you're ever going to have a lot of empty seats or any empty seats probably. So yeah, it's best to just kind of brace yourself that you're going to get squeezed in like sardines and you know <laughs> try to make the best of it. Do you see? Uh, have you been on a flight where you have uh, experienced? Um, the, the, one of those rude travelers that we see, the people who become combative with the airline attendants and things like that. Have you, have you witnessed any of this firsthand? Uh, you know, it's funny. A number of years ago, there was a situation on an airplane where uh, a retiree who was probably 6'3", 6'4", 200-something pounds, was speaking to a flight attendant within earshot of me as we were you know, getting off the plane. And he was saying, oh, if you need me to testify or say anything, let me know. And the flight attendant was like, no, you were, you were big health. And I was like, what is going on? And apparently I was asleep, but apparently at some point another passenger had gotten belligerent and was fighting with the flight attendants. And this huge 70 year old year old man just got up and decked him and just laid him out. <laughs> and that was the end of the problem. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so yeah, he looked like, he looked like, uh, uh, Brian Dennehy, if you know the actor, like he said, the sure, yes. looks like that. It's, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know what was going on that this Brian Dennehy guy <laughs> laid out this other dude, but, but yeah, otherwise, I think, I think because of social media and because of, uh, you know, the modern world, we see these events, uh, far more frequently than they actually happen. I mean, you know, millions of people fly, there's, there's tons of flights every day, nothing happens. So we right. see when something does happen, because it's such a rare event, it's like, oh, wow, look at this. That's not happening all the time. I have noticed, maybe it's just me noticing things, um, that there does seem to be less uh, friendliness a little bit, um, for lack of a better way to say it, um, since the pandemic. Uh, I think people were more aware of you know, themselves and, and um, how they acted more before the pandemic, that could just be me, you know, hearing these stories and then say, oh, yeah, I saw that, too. I, who knows? But, hey, uh, but be, yeah, it's before, unlikely. Before I let you go, where do we find you? Where's the best place for WCCO radio listeners to find you? I know you, you have a YouTube channel. What's the best way to, for people to track and keep track of uh, Jeffrey Morrison and his travels? Uh, yeah, my YouTube channel would be great. Uh, it's G-E-O-F-F Morrison, um, you know, at Jeff Morrison. And then actually uh, I'd love it uh, if people bought my, my uh, the, uh, book coming out in January called Budget Travel for Dummies. It's part of the Dummies series, and that's available kind of wherever you want to order or pre-order a book. 
budget travel for dummies. Sure, the whole for dummies uh, yep. uh, system. So, hey, thank you yep. so much for being on with me this afternoon here on WCCO. I do so appreciate it. Um, and safe My travels pleasure. going forward. Take care. Thank you very much.